Welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 267. Yeah. Of Puroso Podcast. That's right. 267 episodes. Yeah, that's a lot of episodes. And we've been bringing you just straight goodness straight of, of, uh, of reselling knowledge and experiences and a lot of failures and mistakes and uh, fumbling along the way that we've made. But, uh, you know, we're growing and uh, we're trying to learn and, and teach and all these things. And I think uh, 267 episodes and the feedback we've gotten from our, our listeners has really helped shape us and create this community of uh, uh, of just, I don't know, it, it's a good community. Like, I think we're one of the most positive communities that I'm a part of. I'm part of various communities and uh, there's a lot of negativity out there. And uh, I love the Pearsall Podcast community because uh, we we really do come alongside each other and help each other and support each other and uh, just share experiences like you know, our last Wednesday episode, we got to do hustles of the week and we love those because we get to share like mm-hmm. other things people are doing. And when we had our, uh, our buy me a coffee, um, zoom hangout, we got to, you know, chat with some of our supporters, uh, just like hearing like people's like highlights, right? Like what's going well. And then like, Hey, these are areas in my reselling journey that kind of are hard right now. And like just having that connection has been really cool. Uh, and so that's kind of what we do when we do our update episodes, we get to kind of share what's going on in our reselling life. Uh, what are things we're excited about? What's the news in the reselling world? Like, what are the new hot topics that people are talking about? And then uh, we get to share some bolo. So uh, this is an update episode. All right. So, hey, before we get started, though, Mike, I just mentioned buy me a coffee. If you haven't yet, we're continually getting new members and it's it's not a discord. It's not a bolo group. It's just a way to say, hey, the podcast brings value. Uh, it's helped me out a lot, and I want to say thank you in a monetary way. And so we have a lot of our members uh, that sign up for the yearly membership. It's just five dollars a month. That's less than is that? I would say it's no. Uh, we're almost at less than a gallon of gas. It all depends on where you live. Yeah, if you live in but California, that transitory it's almost, inflation, it's almost five dollars a gallon right now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. So so, anyways, if if you want to, you know, forego a gas. Gallon of gas and help us out. Uh, you can at buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. That's buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. There's a link below. And we're always grateful whether you sign up for a membership or you just, you know, here's a few coffees. Thanks so much uh, for helping us out. We are always grateful. All right. So what's been going on with you? Uh, well, um, last week was supposed to be my week for or this last Saturday. It was supposed to be my week for. Uh, just doing pictures and listing, but there was a local church rummage sale. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to go on a garage sale hunt day where it's like four to five hours where I'm driving all over San Diego, where I've got these huge, you know, map of places I'm going to where I'm not getting home until like noon. But I was like, there is a local rummage sale. That's only like five minutes from my house. It's supposed to be pretty big. I don't have to go anywhere else. I'm just going to go there and I'm going to come home and I get there and I get there early. I'm like a good 40 minutes early because, you know, it's got to be early. 40 minutes. And I'm standing outside and I'm like first in line and I'm like scanning, right? Because they got a lot of stuff outside. And of course, they're like no early birds. That is awesome. I've never at a church room. I've never been the first person at church room. So no, I mean, I'm always I always try to be early. Um, I mean, sometimes they let you in early, right? Some Not all the time, but some places are like. Yeah, we can go ahead and get started. I like to be a congregant of your church. Can I just check out, you know, your building? Yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to be that cruel. But um, but you know, you can sometimes kind of scan some things out. So I actually like already planned out my route. Like I'm standing there, I'm like, all right, this aisle, I can hit these two like full table rows. That looks like stuff that I would like, and then I can hit this one next. And so I'm already like standing in location because it was like 
a big, you know, parking lot. And so I'm like making sure I'm standing at the spot where I can just go straight down the aisle I want to go to. But then as more people start showing up, I hear some people like, oh, you're here again today. And I'm like, today? And then I've heard somebody else like, yeah, yesterday was pretty good. And I picked up a bunch. Mm. And I'm like, yesterday? So then I look up the ad. And sure enough, the church rummage sale was Friday and Saturday. And I'm like, seriously? Friday for a church rummage sale? Man. Okay, I got a question. Was this a big Catholic church in like the country part of town? Mm, no. Okay. There's a huge Catholic church that like they, they start their sale like at 4 p.m. Mm. on Friday. Those are the sales you want to go to because everybody's too busy on a Friday night, yeah. like, you know, hanging out, doing whatever. And, and there's not a lot of people. Yeah. But the nice thing was, so even though that they were, you know, open earlier, right, which kind of stunk, uh, I start hearing them saying like, all right, everything today is half off, half off all marked prices. Nice. And I'm like, all right. So there, there's the trade-off, right? The trade-off was I I get the, the 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 leftovers, right? I'm getting the seconds, but I'm getting it at half price, right? So there's a there's an okay trade-off. Like maybe there are things that people didn't pick up because it, you know, just wasn't priced right, but at half price it was worth it. And so yeah, sure enough, like I was able to get quite a few things. Like one of the things that I picked up was a um like an old school. Um, what are they? Laser disc player. Like an oh, old. those are beautiful, man. Yeah. And it's a, it's an old school one. And there's a couple pieces that are like broken on it, like on the outside, like cosmetically, but I looked them up and they sell for like over $200 if yeah. they're in working condition. And this brand parts only they're selling for like $140. And I picked it up for $4, right? Yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah. And so it's only, yeah, that's great. And well, and that's how I'm planning on selling it. I'm like, I could you test this and test make it. an extra like 70 bucks or I can just sell this parts yeah, only agreed. and just make a killing on it. Right. And the clothes was great because I mean, it was like jackets were $3, but it's half off. So it's a dollar 50 and you know, shirts are a dollar, but it's half off. So it's 50 cents. And I just, I mean, I was able to, you know, clean up quite a few things. Got a lot of like Columbia jackets. I got some Nike jackets. I got some North Face clothes. So I picked up quite a bit of clothes. I picked up shoes. I picked up Terry uh, Sperry topsiders for a dollar each because they were two dollars for the shoes, but they were only a dollar. And even the market's gone down. A dollar is not bad. That that's the point, is right. Like even if I'm only going to be able to sell these shoes for twenty four dollars plus shipping, it's like I'm picking them up for a dollar. I pay two dollars. I sell both these shoes. I'm gonna end up walking away with like forty to fifty dollars profit, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. and that's easy. It's easy to take the pictures. They're easy to ship. I know what I'm doing with those. So overall, I did pretty good with that day. And um, you know, it, it's one of those things. So I I hate going to sales that are Friday Saturday if you don't get to go to the Friday. But sometimes you can be lucky enough to people are like this stuff didn't sell the first day, so they're willing mm -hmm. to deal wheel and deal with you more. And the other thing you got to consider is. Okay, so maybe full-time resellers can hit up uh, hardcore these Friday sales, but not all resellers are going every Friday to all these sales, right? A lot of times, you know, it's a Saturday thing. They've got all these other routes. They're not going to drive to this one random thing. So you're you're not really competing with as many people because the the Friday, not as many people are going. And, and again, places might be a little disheartened when it's like, well, this stuff didn't sell yesterday. So yeah, they'll wheel and deal with you. So I think it is worth it going to the Friday, Saturday sales, especially kind of you can go in with that mindset of like, well, I mean, it hasn't already sold, right? Like we take this much. So you, you kind of have a little bit more flexibility there. Um, so, I mean, that's everybody's got to do what you've got to do, right? If you can make it to Friday sales, it might be worth it. In fact, let us know in the comments below. Do you do any Friday estate sales? 
uh, Friday garage sales, Friday church rummage sales, those types of things? Uh, or have you found that it's not worth it, um, that there's just not enough of them for you to make the drive worth it or uh, prices or all that? Or are you on the other end of the spectrum? Are you willing to go to the second day only of a two day or three day garage sale, right? Like, I mean, there's even Sunday, like sometimes it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like who's going to Sunday? Oh, I mean, in parts of Midwest, it's Wednesday, Wednesday, ooh. Thursday, Friday. Ooh. So yeah, I mean, which day is your favorite to go to? Would you rather be the early bird who's getting, having to maybe pay the top dollar or would you rather be the uh, the last one there who has to kind of scavenge around, but you might be able to get the sweet deals? So let us know in the comments below. What is your favorite way to uh, hit up garage sales? Interesting. Yeah, I would say, not that you were asking, but if you were to ask me, I would say garage sales early, rummage sales late. Mm. Just because, yeah, they are willing to offload so much They want it all gone. Yeah, because what are they going to do? They're going to have to get, somebody's going to have to pick it up, you know? All right, so I, my, mine isn't as exciting as yours. <laughs> so I haven't been doing the the garage sales, rummage sales. I've been strictly retail arbitrage. And uh, it's been it's been a journey. It's always I always enjoy it. The reason I enjoy it is because I know I'm not going to be doing this all year. I know I just got to hit things hard for about two months. Uh, I do get to, you know, explore different places, you know, stay in different hotels, uh, you know, eat at different places. So, you know, there's that component to it. Uh, and, you know, a few things, though, before things really took off, I finally got my, you know, garage space organized for FBA. So I'm, I always have boxes that are already, you know, built and ready to go. So if I get product, I just fill up those boxes and I tape them. And, you know, if you don't know, if you haven't done Amazon FBA, Amazon FBA has templates now. And so there's a difference between the way I used to do Amazon and the way I do it now. So back in the day, whatever was profitable, I would pick up for Amazon. So in an Amazon box, I would have like, I'll give you an example, like two Hot Wheel cars, and then I'd have two video games, and then I have two massive like Fisher Price toys or something, and then I'd have you know two uh, two plushes and whatever, and and some of them have to be bags, some don't, and and so that would take up a lot of my time, uh, you know, getting those boxes organized. Where now I'm just gonna pick up one of the same multiple times, and what Amazon lets you do is you can create a template. And so when you go to send that stuff out, all you do is you say, okay, I'm sending out five boxes and already knows there's going to be nine of those items in each of each box. So that's all you have to do. So it's really simple. You can actually pack everything before. And as long as you haven't hit your inventory uh, limits, uh, you just print those labels, you slap them on those boxes and you're good to go. So it's allowed me to be really efficient, right? And even when I'm on the road at hotels, it allows me to be really efficient. But on the other side, uh, with eBay, uh, things have been really nice. I got to tell you, that Hot Wheel haul could not have come at a better time. Are you uh, are you moving some of those? I pieces? am moving like it's on the daily, multiple times. Do you have so when you went through them all? Do you have like a whole bunch of them that are kind of like worthless Hot Wheels? Because you know, a lot of times you go and you just see like a pile of Hot Wheels, and most of them are not worth anything. So luckily, all my stuff was pretty much sealed, mm. right? So I had a few items that were in display cases. But even those are selling. So if I had a bunch of loose ones, then, you know, I, I think I would have been in a bind, you know, because that would be a tough sale. But the, the reason it's been successful is because they're all sealed. They're all, you know, most of them are collectible pieces. So they're from the Redline Club. We had mentioned a few uh, podcasts ago. Uh, and so there are items that they're not, I would say, in, in huge supply. The, the there's a lot of scarcity on some of them. And so I think I'm getting a lot of international sales. So if you haven't turned on eBay global shipping, I strongly recommend you to do that 
or even eBay international standard delivery or none of those and just put that you will sell internationally because where I think, you know, a lot of domestic seller, a lot of domestic buyers are saying, Hey, I can get this anytime. People that are in other parts of the world are like, this is my only option. So it's definitely helped out a lot. I'm kind of just shocked at how much is selling. So I do have a lot of pieces that are valued 10 to $30, mm. but you know, I sell, you know, five of them and it's over a hundred bucks. Right. And they're only taking me maybe three minutes to list. So it, it's not, it's not too bad. So that's been great. Uh, I've been doing a lot of eBay to Amazon arbitrage. Hmm. Uh, it's been, it's been beautiful and it's been all merchant fulfilled. So it's already packaged and ready to go. So I'll buy it gets to my house. It sells on Amazon. I just take off the old label. I put on my new label and I ship it out. And you just hope that they didn't like include inside of that. No, no, no. Like I do eBay open thank it. Thank you. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. So thank you. Card. Sorry. I skipped that. I do open the bottom of it. I open it from the bottom. I make sure everything's all good. Yeah, you're right. Because I've had, and I've can got- you imagine if they ship it the way you do with like two rolls of eBay tape per small box? <laughs> hey, but you know what? It's all good. I, actually, I, I've limited my, uh, my taping on FBA boxes. So I had somebody that I, that I trust. It always takes somebody that I I trust. Like if you randomly DM me a suggestion. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I might listen. So the fact that like, so for years now I've been saying you're using too much tape (laughs) doesn't trust me at all. Well, I did work for this person too. So maybe there was like an authority complex Mm -hmm. where, you know, I, so when I tell you something, it doesn't matter, (laughs) but when, you know, somebody in a position of authority, well, it's like like the laser printers, right? Or the thermal printers, man. I feel like for a while, I was trying to convince you thermal printers and it's like, the moment somebody else says it, it's like, boom. See, that's, now we know where I fall in. No, no, no. I listen to Mike. I listen to Mike. All right. So, (laughs) um, you know, here's one other thing that I think is interesting and I'm not sure when this is going to happen. Have you gone to retail stores and seen empty shelves? Um, I mean, I haven't really been inside of a retail store in a while because we, we okay. have mostly just been doing like, uh, you know, the pickup at the now that I've got like a, a little one, I got a you know 13 week old or 14 wow. week old, you know, yeah. getting out of the car is a little bit harder. So it is kind of nice that I can just order and then they just bring it out to me. But ha- have there been empty shelves? No. Hmm. So is it fake news? Is it the media trying to exacerbate things? Is it maybe we're in a part of a country, a part of the country that things are good. I don't know. So, you know, I, I, I was kind of worried because there are certain off price stores that usually they would have multiple tables of, of toys and they're all set up. Right. And I, I was thinking it was going to be really scarce and I'm not, I'm not seeing that. So maybe we'll see after black Friday. I think that's going to be the, I mean, cause you know how they, they get huge black Friday orders, like stores yeah, get true, all true, the true, stuff true, for black true, Friday and true. it's like specific so is that stuff going to show up? Are they going to have enough stock for that? Or are they going to throw what they already have in stock on Black Friday sales instead? I mean, that's what's going to be interesting. But because I even think with that kind of like Target is going to put the things on sale. They're going to put out the ads for the things that they have a ton of. So they probably know for sure that they have it before they're printing the ads of or putting up on their website. That's a nice thing too. Some of it's, so much of it's website. Hmm. So if they're like, hey, we didn't get in those... Uh, you know, crock pots that were going to be $15. You know, the 10,000 crock pots are stuck in Have a you boat. You bought those stuff, uh, those items on Black Friday? No, maybe when I was like 18, I was like super impressed oh, by those. Well, prices, when but. I was, when I was 28. So not related to reselling, but you know, there's a stage in life where you learn that you get what you paid for. 
right? And so there was a time when I was broke. I mean, broke. Like I didn't have a car. I didn't have furniture. I didn't have anything. And I would go to Black Friday sales and I buy all this, all this stuff because I'm like, hey, I only have so much money. That stuff is trash. Yeah. I mean, it's like that with a lot of those things. You can, you can go and spend, you know, and not that I'm trying to shill uh, the, the, um, the skull shaver at the moment, but, you know, I kind of mentioned this on a previous episode that, you know, I bought, have bought so many razors, right? Like electric razors and you get them at Walmart and I spend like $20 on an electric razor and it works for like two weeks, but it doesn't work that great. And then, you know, eventually you use it. It's like, it doesn't charge or the, the, it doesn't cut right or it snags. And it's like, all right, I'm buying another one. Like, Hey, at least it was cheap. I didn't have to spend a hundred dollars for it. And by the time you've bought like the seventh one over yeah, the course true, of a couple of years, you're like, I've spent more money on cheap stuff than I would have if I had just bought something a little bit nicer. But that's why I think eBay will always be around, mm. right? And the fact that a lot of the stuff that sells for good money are quality yeah, items. Yeah, because people know, right? Like people know, like even sometimes it's, 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 uh, and one of my, my bolo that I'm going to talk about today is kind of this idea too, but sometimes things, the quality changes, right? Like people are like, hey, I used to use this product five years ago when it was really good and now it's changed and it's not as good. So some people are actually looking for like, the same thing, but an older version of it because it was higher quality. Mm. So, yeah, it's true. True. All right. Now that that's all I got for our update. I mean, I got plenty of say Amazon sales are kicking through and all that, but I want to know, do you have any random stories? Um, not really like a, a super, like, you can't say that you got to say, this is the most exciting story you'll ever hear. So this is probably going to be, um, I mean, I could be wrong, but most likely this is going to be one of the most exciting stories that anybody's ever going to hear. So uh, we are planning on going on a road trip in December and, and you know, kind of going to a couple of different states. We've got family in Texas. And so we're going to go on a road trip and we're also going in Florida. We're taking my son to Disney World. We're super oh, excited wow. about Good this. Yeah. So we've, we've been planning this. It's for his birthday. And it's also like a, the second part of my wife and my uh 10 year anniversary. We like broke it up into two different parts. So we're taking them to Florida. We're going to go to Disney world. And one of the things is luggage, right? Like we bought from Costco, like probably seven years ago now, like not too long after we got married, like a really decent luggage set. And it came with like three pieces and it was only a couple hundred bucks and they have lasted so many flights, so many trips, but luggage is expensive. And we haven't been able to find that one. And we're like, do we really want to like go to an off price store and spend 60 to $70 on one piece of luggage that we're hoping makes it through a couple of trips, you know? And, uh, when I was at the church rummage sale, I ended up seeing that they had a Samsonite luggage bat, like, you know, it's used, it's in pretty, it's in really good shape, but you know, it's got a couple of like little nicks and holes and scratches on it. You could tell it's been on the conveyor belt a few times and they it had a sticker for $8, but it's half off. So $4 and I open it up and the smaller size, luggage was inside of it and i'm like oh nice all right so two pieces of luggage for four dollars smelled it you know i'm like the weird guy like standing there does this smell like cigarette smoke right because if yeah. i'm gonna be putting my children's uh, clothes in there oh, I don't want your them. own clothes yeah i don't want to smell bad so we ended up i ended up picking it up for four dollars so right now it's sitting as we speak outside in the sun i have it open and i've been, like, been rotating it and changing the sides because i just want the sun to just bake any bacteria and stuff and then we're going to spray the heck out of it with disinfectant and literally it just needs to like last for two trips, right? Like instead of spending like $80 for a piece of luggage, cause that's what happens. Like we just talked about quality. If you go to an off price store and you buy a piece of luggage, it usually only lasts a couple of trips, mm -hmm. but I don't want to spend like $500 for a nice set of luggage or $300 for like a, a mid range luggage when it's like, 
it's so much money. You know what I mean? Like, really, do I need that? I just need these. And I got Samsonite luggage for four bucks, right? Like, so not too bad. No, you can't beat that. Can't beat it. So that we talk about that with reselling a lot. Like sometimes reselling allows you to save money, not just make money. You can find things that you can you were going to buy for yourself anyways. You can find things for decoration for your house. You can find things to gift to people, right? Like we find new, I find new things all the time. Like I found a, a frozen brand new sealed uh, puzzle set one time. And my niece at the time was super into frozen. These things sold for like $34.99 on eBay. It was brand new. I paid like 50 cents for it. Well, I could sell this or I could just give this to my niece. And instead of spending $35 for a gift, I can give her this one and I can spend more money and buy her something else. So now she gets a bigger birthday yeah. instead of just like, you know, well, you know, I was going to spend $35 on you. So I got you this one thing. It's like, oh, I got you this plus this plus, you know what I mean? So it's kind of cool that that reselling can save you money just as often as it can make you money. Well, agreed. Agreed. So mine is not as, uh, so I, the post office lied to me. So surprise, I, surprise. I, I had mentioned, I had mentioned a while back that, you know, I had shipped out something and it literally took three weeks and I shipped it out priority. And they told me that, you know, that's just the way things are. And I'm like, basically that just sum it up. And I had rephrased and I said, by the way, this is priority. This isn't first class. Like I understand maybe first class is going to take three weeks or priority shouldn't take three weeks. They're like, no, no, that's the way it is. It's on our website. It should, you know, it, it right now things are busy. There's that thing that's been going on where people have had to, you know, stay home for. And so I was like, yeah, I, I'm not sure that's right, but I went with it. Now, luckily, three weeks later, <laughs> the item showed up, right? Wow, luckily. I, I brought that up, right? But so again, I get another message. And, you know, I always love it when people like send you messages like they're they're mad and you're like, you, you kind of look at this and you're like, okay, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, what, what's going on? So it wasn't a big deal message. All it was is, where's my order? Question mark, question mark, question mark, right? And I'm kind of like, all right, come on, man. Like, first of all, I accepted a low offer on this. So, you know, my mind already goes, you should be more than grateful. Oh, come that on. You accept. That's how I feel. That's yeah, how I feel. Yeah, but if hey, you ordered something. Listen, listen. In the comments, let me know. How do you feel when you accepted a low offer and then somebody's being a jerk to you? Okay. But but if the, something that they expected to get to them in a few days took three weeks to get to them? No, no, no. So this has only been four or five days. And it was a first class free ship. Right. So I'm like, all right. Okay. But, you know, I already know that, you know, what happened with that one package that was priority. It's like three weeks. So I'm like, you know, I, I want to know for sure. So I started doing some digging and, and I found it, you know, on the USPS website. And I found out that they lied to me because they told me, right, that even priority might be three or four days. So this is what the website says. Okay. And I actually, if I remember, I'll put the link below, but it says, you know, this is about, you know, what, you know, dealing with, uh, the, you know, the, what we've been dealing with. And they said first class packages, two or three day service commitments will also be extended to three and four days respectively, not three or four weeks. Okay. But look at the date of days. that memo, but that's what's on their site. That's on them. Like that's what they put. But didn't we, didn't we already show that there was something more recent that came out like this? Is no. so, so this, this memo is from April 17, 2020. So their policy could have changed since then. No, it ha it hasn't. This is on there. Look, if I if I backspace, I mean, I don't like to do right now, but if I backspace, it's from the current site and they go, go to this link to read more. 
So I, and you, I'll put it on. I'll put the link below. You guys can look at it. Then when it comes to priority, Priority Mail's two and three day service commitments now will be extended to three and four days respectively. Customers will continue to receive end-to-end visibility and improved product tracking as well up to $50 in free insurance, which not true. There has not been improved product tracking. There is no end-to-end visibility. I am sending stuff out. So why do I say all this? I really think in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have to go full on FedEx and UPS because I have not had problems with FedEx and UPS. But what's going to happen when they're overloaded? Because that's one of the things that... I would say one of the very few arguments that I've heard that is like actually seems to be somewhat valid supporting and and defending the USPS is the USPS has created a contract with UPS and FedEx that if UPS and FedEx can't like deliver things or they have a certain amount that USPS will take them. And again, this is an arranged contract. So the post office isn't like being forced to do this. They, They created this contract. So as the UPS gets really busy, sometimes they offload some of their stuff to the USPS. And when that happens, like, because if everybody's moving away from the USPS as shipping times get harder and things, UPS and FedEx are going to get overworked and overloaded. So the USPS is not going to be as busy and they're going to be shifting stuff back. to. So it's like it's going to just be a circle of like, it's going to be a miserable shipping season, I think. That's what I think is going to happen. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, I'm kind of just a little, a little bothered. But I little thought bothered. for sure, like recently on one of our podcasts, like you read like their thing where it, it said specifically like the two to three week no no i was telling you that's what they told me and they said it was on the website okay so i thought we and if i'm wrong let let, let us know and we'll go back and research all right let's do something live on air right now okay so i just got a message it's this uh pj mask toy Mm. and they said hi there i'm in sydney australia and so it's early charging more did you know that that just came out yeah i saw that so it is through global shipping so i'm not too stressed no, but that's what I mean. Like global shipping, eBay is charging higher fees oh, for Australia. They? Yeah. Oh, see, and I, New didn't, Zealand. I didn't even put that as our update. Yep. Okay. We'll look at that in a moment since it relates here. So it says, hi there. I'm from, you know, Australia. How confident are you that this would be delivered by December 4th? What do you think, Mike? Do you think it's early November to Australia that this will make it? I doubt it. I'm willing to take the risk and say yes. Right, what, what's the worst that happens? It doesn't make it. It doesn't make it. But the, uh, the, and what? And then as long as it gets to Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, you're fine, but like that just sucks for them. I think it'll make it. I mean, maybe I, I trust. So I'm going to, I'm going to reply right now. I think if we order now, if I, I think if I ship now, it'll make it. Is that a good enough? I reply? wouldn't word it like that because then you're saying like, if it doesn't make it, you could say you didn't ship now, right? Say if you order now. Okay. Or if you order soon. All right. Right. Because then you're putting the ball in their court. Don't put the ball in your court. Put it in yeah. your court. If we're able to ship by tomorrow, ship by tomorrow, there's a good chance. There's a great chance. Hope that helps. Is that good to get enough of a message? This is live on air, everyone. And I'll I, give I still, you an update. I still think that didn't change. I mean, I think that's fine, but I still, I think I personally would word it. If you order soon, or order by tomorrow, I think it'll make it. Okay, so I'm going to put, I believe we're able to ship tomorrow. That's the part that I'm having the problem with. Because then you're putting the ball on your court. Okay. Right, because let's say you ship tomorrow, and it doesn't make it, then it's like, or if you don't ship tomorrow, right? Like, I don't know. Okay, I put, I believe if we're able to ship tomorrow by ordering today, there's a great chance. Hope that helps. 
however you want to word it, bro. Hmm? What? You said however you want to word it, bro. Oh, I thought, you said, I thought you said, let me reword it. I'm no. like, I tried to reword it. And you, All right, we're sending this. Accept. Stay tuned to our podcast and we'll let you know what happens. Doesn't make it. I want them to make, I want them to enjoy this PJ mask toy. Good. So we'll see what happens. All right. Hey, uh, before we move on to, uh, actually, I wanted to share this real quick. Make sure that you have express items on you. Like what I mean is like a, there's a padded, you know, there's a padded express envelope for USPS mm-hmm. and then there's a padded flat rate boxes. Right. And also be familiar like with the prices. So for example, I had somebody the other day message me and they wanted a hat and it was, it what was, it was, uh, it was Wednesday and they wanted it by Saturday. Now, if things were normal, I would say, you know, they messaged me like, Hey, I want to make sure it gets there. How much do I need to pay? Normally I'd go like, yeah, priority, no problem. Like, you know, you pay today. I put it in the mailbox, you know, later this afternoon and it should get there by Saturday, right? It's Wednesday. But what we know about the post office, not going to happen. So I kind of said, Hey, you know, the post office is kind of sketch along with FedEx. So I think your best shot is if we do this overnight and it gets to you by Friday to make sure it gets there. Okay. Now, by the way, is a vintage hat. Now, the hat was worth close to $100, right? They paid for shipping. They they went for it. not that they went for it, like they really wanted it. Like I I was I I told them, "Hey, it's going to be pretty pricey. So, we can, you know, go the other round, do 2 days shipping and it'll probably get there. It's up to you." They're like, "No, let's do this." Paid $100. So, why do I share this story? The reason I share this story is cuz there's always this this problem as resellers sometimes like we're like there's no way that somebody would pay this much there's no way that somebody would pay this much for shipping and i'm telling you during q4 people will pay so don't be afraid if somebody contacts you and says hey can i get this faster what would it cost to just say hey we can do this express we can do this overnight and make sure you put the retail not what ebay is going to charge you put the retail because you never know there could be a hiccup where later on you were off on your measurements and that can cost you a lot of money when you're talking about overnight shipping. Uh, but, you know, last uh, last year I had an item. It was I had it listed for 500, but I was just shooting for the moon. And the person needed it for a birthday. I think I shared this on the podcast. And the average cost, you know, average price, it was like 250, 300. They paid for mine because I said, yeah, I'll ship it overnight. They paid $200. No, no, $300 to get it shipped overnight because it was an oversized item. And they paid the full 500 for it. Right. So, so don't, don't be scared to do that. Cause listen, there are people out there with deep pockets that are willing to pay money for those things. So yeah. And, and the item got there safely and you know, I was glad to make somebody happy. So, all right. Hey, before we move on to our reselling topics, I just wanted to share that we are on social media. If you haven't found us yet, we are on Pierce podcast. We are on Pierce. We are Pierce podcast. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as Pierce podcast. We are on no, we're pure sarcastic. Did I do this last time? I'm, I need to sleep. I've been sleeping four hour days. Four hour days. So it's a lot. All right. We are on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and another site as pure as a podcast. TikTok. That's what it is. TikTok. And then we are on Twitter and Clubhouse as pure as a cast. As always, you can give us a call 619-738-1170. 619-738-1170. You know what I would love to hear? If you will call this in with some crazy Q4 stories. You know, like, hey, I went somewhere and it was crazy in the store and and I had to fight somebody 
or you know somebody really wanted something and they paid this obscene amount we'd love to hear the stories we'd love to play them on air you can always shoot us an email Pierce podcast at gmail.com. That's Pierce podcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to the podcast and haven't caught us over on YouTube, uh, we are Pierce podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe, hit that bell notification and that thumbs up uh, to let us know you enjoyed this episode and any other that you watch. And as always, we're grateful for all the iTunes reviews. They keep going up. We are the number one uh, recently podcast out there and most reviewed. So it's not because of us. It's because of awesome listeners like you that continue to support us. And we are grateful for all of you. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for some uh, reselling topics here? Let's do it. Rumors are flying about eBay and immediate payments. Let's see what that's about. Amazon proof of liability insurance, cash out, kings, and man has 100,000 Amazon account frozen. These are the things we'll be talking about today during our reselling topics. Orlando, take it away. So. It's possible that by the time this podcast drops, there's no longer rumor, you know, because things move fast. So a, a rumor recently dropped that eBay, and this is brought to you by Rockstar Flipper, who has his own YouTube channel. And I don't know how he got this, but he received a screenshot. I think it was from a follower of his uh, that eBay is in beta testing uh, for accepting and not accepting, but making buyers pay as soon as an offer is given. So that would mean if you send an offer, if they accept it, it'll automatically charge them. And you know, what it'll do is according to the screenshot that I saw, and maybe a lot of you have caught that video According to the screenshot. It's before they're able to accept, they have to put all their information. You kind of have to do that with Mercari and other sites, which were established after eBay. Now the hard, well, and that's the thing. The hard part with something like this is, this is a culture thing, right? If you're on Poshmark, you know, if I send an offer on Poshmark, right? I'm trying to buy a new pair of Prana pants. So I send an offer on Poshmark. I know if they accept my offer, I'm paying for it, right? That's the culture. I know that it's mm-hmm. it's expected. Now on eBay, if buyers aren't used to this and they go, oh, I'm going to send a $30 offer on this item. And then it's like, how would you like to pay for this item? Here's all this. Like, I worry that enough buyers might be like, uh, do I really want to fill all this stuff? What's going? I don't. I'm not sending the. But offer. maybe maybe it's one of those where it's already filled in once, and then it's always there. I mean, maybe right? because when you when you buy stuff on Amazon, when you buy stuff on Mercari, even on eBay, my stuff is already pre filled out. Like I don't have to keep putting it in. Right, but the 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 thing though is they would have to make it very clear. Like the person, at least on the first time they send an offer, probably is going to have to read like new terms and conditions of like if you send an offer and it's accepted, you're you're agreeing to purchase it. Uh, and you, you probably have to like go through all of this thing. So do I think in the long run, this is a good thing? Yes. I hope this becomes part of the culture of eBay, that buyers, if they're sending offers, I just worry that in the short term, is there going to be fewer offers being sent? Like if you're, if all people are sending, used to sending offers and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like I have to like fill out this stuff and I have to be like willing to pay right away. And like, well, what if I've sent offers on two things already? Like I just worry that it's going to take a little bit of time for people to catch up to this is the new way eBay works. So the fact that they've been enabled by eBay all these years is going to work against us is what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, whenever you do a big change to anything, there's there's going to be a little bit of a culture shock, right? People are going to like push back or people are not going to be used to it. And so I just think like, how many offers do I get on 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 a daily basis, right? Like I get several offers a day. Now, when this rolls out, if all of a sudden people who have been used to for years and years and years 
sending offers, kind of testing the water. Like imagine if like all of a sudden it was like, there's a new law. If you go to a garage sale and you offer $5 for something and they accept it, you have to buy it right then and there. And you can't just be like, all right, when you're looking at, well, you know, you accept it. You know, I decided I don't want it. Right. Like some people, that's how they treat eBay is kind of like, Hey, like maybe they'll take this much. And if the person says yes, it's like, Oh, you know, but if all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, they said they'll take it. Now I have to pay for it. I've already paid for it. What, what's going on here? Right. So there, there's going to be, a, I don't want a, those buyers. There's going to be a growing I don't want those buyers. I, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just done. I'm done with my inventory being held hostage for four days and then people don't pay. It's just annoying. It just, it's, I'm glad eBay is finally doing this. So hopefully the beta phase ends and it's available to everyone. Yeah. And again, I, I, I do think long-term this is a good thing. I'm just trying to think of what are the potential problems and what could cause. And, and I do think there's probably going to be some slight reduction in the total number of offers that you get. And I don't think anybody would be happy with that. I see like, that. I can see that. If, if it's all of a sudden like, Hey, like my, my, this month I've received 50% fewer offers than I received in the last three or four months. Like yeah, I, I could see that you might be that. like, I'd rather have three items held for hostage than to be losing 50% of the offers that I let us know. Received. Would you rather have your items held for hostage with more, <laughs> with more offers or being paid right away with less offers? Let us know in the comments. So, but I'm excited. So it's going to work if you, if you have, uh, if you have best offer or if you have sent offer, it should work and should be automatically. And by the way, if you're one of those individuals uh, that got that beta test, whatever it is, uh, send us a screenshot. We'd love to take a look at it. We'd love to share it on Instagram. We'll give you a shout out. We'd love to be able to share the information. I'm excited about that, man. That That's a game changer. You know how long we've, said i mean i think from like episode one we've been talking about it so and we've had so many execs make so many promises so it'll be nice all right hey uh okay so this is gonna upset a lot of people but it's just it's just part of doing business so i you know it's been making rounds on social media if you have not done this amazon is finally requiring people to have insurance like they've, it's always been a requirement, but it's been more of like, Hey, please make sure you get it. And then that's it. There has been now there, this may be the case that there is no follow through. Right. But so let me, let me explain to you. So a lot of you are new on, on Amazon right now, and you haven't been hit with the email yet. And the reason you haven't been hit, been hit with the email yet is because you haven't sold enough on Amazon, right? They want to, they, this is hitting people that are hitting a certain threshold. So let me read this real quick. Uh, as of September, this is this has been a while back. So, you know, people have been talking about this for a little bit. So you may not have heard about this, but it's coming your way. So make sure you understand. Uh, under Section 9 of the Business Solutions Agreement, you must obtain and maintain at least $1 million of commercial general umbrella or excess liability insurance within 30 days after exceeding $10,000 in gross proceeds in a month on Amazon. So I know what people are going to say. Well, I guess I'm not going to sell. I'm just going to more than 10,000. I'm only going to sell 9,999. You can go down that road. But you got to weigh the advantage and disadvantage. So let me share that in a moment after I read the rest of this. So uh, or if otherwise requested by Amazon. So you may not need you may not hit that threshold and they still might contact you. Now, I'm pretty sure they're going to contact you. Before that 10,000 threshold, if you've had a lot of issues, right? You've had either a lot of returns or you've had infringement stuff put on you or defective. Uh, Probably stuff too, on you. What, what you're selling, right? Because they're trying to protect themselves from, from liability. So if you're selling 
children's things. You're selling things. You're selling toys. Anything that could potentially have lawsuits, right? Like the the higher, just like when you're buying insurance, you're going to pay more insurance depending on types of items you have Mm -hmm. and store what the, what the liability is, right? Cause it's a liability insurance. So if, if, yeah, if you're in a market or if you're selling a niche that has more of a liability to it, you're, you're probably going to be, they're probably going to ask for this. I'm just surprised they don't make this part of like the signing up. Like you just have to constantly show you have it. Like it seems weird. I do know this is going to scare a lot of people away from selling on Amazon, but listen, it's not that tough. Right. We've even had an insurance rep. We had Ashley, Ashley and ha- I think it's Ashley and had an insurance. Uh, it was way back. Man, it's been like a year and a half or two since we had her on here. Uh, so Ashley had she has her own insurance. You can find that episode. You can find a link. There's no promo code for us. OK, uh, you can actually call like your insurance company that provides like your homeowner's insurance or your renter's insurance. Who knows? Maybe Geico, right? No, you can, you can call Geico. You can call progressive. It's it's see, here's the thing is what I always try to explain to people is that a lot of people, uh, for example, they ask, you know, they DM me like Orlando, like who should I go to for my taxes? You know, cause this is an online business. The thing is, it's still a business. It's not any different. You got to treat your business like a business. Like if, if you're not willing and I get it. Like there's the, there's the the side of I kind of want to go under the table as much as I can when you're first starting out and you're kind of I mean it's like if you're if you're watching people's dogs for them on the weekends in order to make a little bit of extra money, nobody wants to be filling out 1099s mm-hmm. and reporting that to the IRS, right? Even though now anything over 600 accumulated over an entire year, you're going to have to report to the IRS. So, you know, if you do watch somebody's dog or babysit for your friends or government is watching yeah you better you better you better be ready to pony up and show all your receipts and stuff but um once you're a business if you're selling on amazon you've got a store on ebay you might as well treat your business like a business the the sooner you start to realize you are a business and you kind of stop trying to like haggle and and be like an under the table thing and trying to avoid any fees the faster you're going to grow as a business because once you're business minded you're going to also be able to recognize, all right, how do I market my business? How do I have tax write-offs? How do I, and something like this in insurance is going to be a tax write-off, right? So there's a lot of benefits to having something like this. Yeah. But what I also meant by that was, is, is the idea that, you know, it, it seems very overwhelming for a lot of people, like in the sense of like, oh, I need to find somebody to do my taxes that's dealt with online business before, but it's the same thing, right? You're selling an item, right? You're, you're shipping an item, right? And so there's business costs, right? There's expenses. You, you're renting a space, just like if you had a warehouse, right? You're, you're paying fees. You're, it's, it's all the same. So to me, it's as long as you find somebody that, in, who's going to do your taxes that's dealt with somebody who has a brick and mortar store, it's going to be the same thing with eBay. Now, there might be a little bit of nuances, you know, with certain fees and having to, sh- you know, show them like I've had to do this. I've had to show them my Amazon, you know, uh, year end report. And I've had to pull reports from my GoDaddy and stuff like that and, and walk through them. But it's the same concept. It's the same thing with insurance, right? If you had a brick and mortar store, you would approach these businesses and say, hey, I need insurance, you know, to cover me. And it's the same thing. So you can actually go and check it out. You can call Geico. You can call Progressive. You can call Allstate. You can call Ashley Haddon Insurance. Uh, you can do all those things. And so don't be overwhelmed because the cost, the cost is going to be, I, I don't know. It all depends on your business. But, you know, I would think it'd be like, you know, for, for you, depending on if you're not a massive seller, you know, and so 
maybe 50 to 100 bucks at the most a month, right? And that is a small amount for you to pay, right? For you to make several thousand a month, right? And if you're grossing 10,000 a month, right? 50 to 100 dollars isn't that bad, right? You're sourcing that much, you're paying that much in fees. So, you know, just go with it, just get it done. Because uh, last thing you want, and we'll actually, I'm going to bring up the story before uh, I was going to talk about this last. It's just something you want to make sure you get done because when Amazon shuts you down, Amazon shuts you down. So there's this leads to our next story. You know, I've always been a big believer that when people get suspended on Amazon, it's for trying to cut corners or trying to pass over something. So there's a story. I, I just came across this and you know, the title is Santa Barbara business fights Amazon to get its hundred thousand dollars back. So I watched this and it's about a guy and <laughs> that is in retail arbitrage. And he, he didn't realize that I, it was weird. So let me read this to you. I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, in the tonight's story comes from, you know, this, uh, the world's largest online retailer, Amazon retail giant, uh, became what it is today, partly due to a network of small retailers who sell their products using Amazon's merchant platform. As one of these local retailers discovered one mistake and they can lose everything. So this individual in Santa Barbara sold his, sold his products throughout the world and even had his father invest in his Amazon business. But a paperwork error brought everything to a screeching halt on May 3rd of this year, they came back and said, I manipulated documents, which I did. Okay. My mistake, a hundred percent that I manipulated documents. And so they're cl closing my account. Uh, they said the mistake happened because he didn't understand the Amazon system and couldn't get anyone from Amazon to help him. And so, um, he says, so what I was doing was retail arbitrage. I'm buying from retailer at a very discounted price and then reselling it to the consumer paying taxes. The consumer pays taxes again, which is not allowed. That's why Amazon froze his account and almost a hundred thousand of the money. I don't think the government cares about that. They don't mind if you pay taxes twice. No, and I don't think Amazon cares about that, that you're doing retail arbitrage. What I bet that it was, manipulated document, was a uh, a fake receipt that he was getting, I don't know, trying to try like get ungated. or something? Yeah, to try and get ungated in something, right? Like, of course I could sell Nerf. I bought this from a Nerf wholesaler and I have this Nerf document, right? Like, so that's and what I, will say, I would imagine. I am not saying anybody. I'm not giving names. I will take this to my grave. I've never heard because I've never heard of the government saying yeah. that you we pay too min much in taxes. The customer already paid no, taxes. But, we cannot accept any more taxes. on. The, I mean, the government is trying to tax as much as they can. And at the end of the year, they basically force you to figure out if they made any mistakes to get money back. Right? No, like, true, true, true. true. No, no, the government will get its due always. But what I'm trying to tell you is I do know there are individuals in the reselling space that sell ungating materials that are invoices that all you have to do is backspace the the owner information and put your name in there and you never have to order from anybody you just send that invoice into amazon and uh is it possible that this what this individual did is for the reason they got suspended maybe right maybe and so but here's, here's, so it's not retail arbitrage that is the issue, right? Because Amazon knows there's retail arbitrage. 
it's not like a hidden secret. I mean, it talks about it's third party sellers all the time. So what I found was interesting was that eventually, you know, they did this new story. They called Amazon. And then at the end, um, an Amazon spokesperson agreed to look into it. Almost three weeks later, Amazon reactivated the account and released $100,000. So I'm like, okay. So this is a non-story that's been made into a story. Yeah, it's a good clickbait. But this is why I wanted to share this is with Amazon. Those of you that are brand new on Amazon right now and you're making a killing and you're making tons of money. Do not do not try to game the system on Amazon because the last thing you want. I know people that have had they've had the same story. They've had not only have they had, you know, I know one person had forty thousand dollars in their balance and Amazon would not release it. And on top of that, they had hundreds of items in a warehouse that they couldn't sell. Mm. And it took months, months to get that restored. And when you write, when you sign that TOS electronically, the terms of service, it's in there. You can't sue Amazon. You can't do this. You can't do that. Now you can always work around that. It's their sandbox. Yeah. Right. It's their sandbox. And you're going to have a lot of, I mean, there's problems with, with uh, private label, right? You do private label, you risk the chance of somebody else figuring out who your manufacturer is. You risk the chance of Amazon if it's a big item and it's really killing it, jumping on and basically replicating your item. There's a lot of, Issues you you you're risking a lot more money up front on something that might not sell. Um, so there's definitely issues with private label, but I think retail arbitrage is a huge gray area, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm sure legally, technically, there is something with those tax that taxing. That's why you do wholesale and then retail. Um, is is there's probably laws written about taxing and stuff. Again, I don't think that's probably the main reason why Amazon's doing that, but that's probably one of the laws that a company like Nike or Nerf or Hot Wheels is going to use in order to say, hey, you can't just go to a store and buy our stuff and then sell it, right? Because that's our name on it. You're not a, a licensed distributor. Um, and they could say, well, well the reason a, we can do The this, warranty is the main reason. Well, well warranty is going to be a huge one. But again, that's like internal policy. But if they can use legislation of, hey, there's technically this law in place that uh, a customer, you know, you can't charge twice on the same new item. So that might be a law that they're able to weaponize in order to prevent but that the real reason is the companies, they've got their name on it. They've got their warranty issues. They've got all of these things on it. And so I think it is a huge gray area when you're doing retail arbitrage. Now, of course, people make a ton of money every single year doing retail arbitrage. Uh, but it's I think it's a gray area that you got to be careful on because, yeah, that hammer can come down anytime. You might be gated in something that you used to be ungated in. But then private label has issues too. So no matter what game you're playing in Amazon, you're unless you're the one making the product and selling it, it's your own invention and you've got the copyright laws on it, like you're you're definitely playing with some fire and anything could happen. But I want to be clear, that should not stop you from doing Amazon. I you just gotta tread carefully, but I still a lot think though money. I think we gotta be careful saying that because I think one of the hard parts is you were in Amazon at a time when you were able to get ungated in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like probably even if I would have started three years ago, when we first started the podcast, that there'd probably be a lot of things I'd be ungated in. But I think the regulations and rules and restrictions are so much higher now that unless you're just selling books on Amazon, you're probably your chances of getting ungated in toys or something like that is significantly harder. So it's like hard to like tell people like you should start Amazon. Well, I think I think it's more difficult. I, th- th- I have no disagreement, but I, I think there's a lot of money being left on the table if you, you don't even try Amazon. Like, I, I think you should, I think every individual should at least try it once. And I've had people DM me, hey, Orlando, I tried it. I was frustrated. I was gating everything. I don't think I'm doing this. That's fine. That's fine. 
But I, I really think of the velocity of sales during Q4 and the money that can be made. It's something I, I can't turn away from. Yeah. I, I just hope that we're not sell, not selling a dream, but like... Oh, I'm not selling a dream. Well, I, I I know, but I'm just saying, I hope we're not encouraging something like... like I can go back and say like, you should have bought Bitcoin back when I bought Bitcoin when it was $400. You know <laughs> what I mean? It. I hate it when people say that. So if, yeah. is that what we're doing? We're like, yeah, I mean, just be on Amazon, be on Amazon. And it's like, how many people it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't do what you're doing. It's not the same Amazon. I, mean, I can't be in the same place as you. So, and maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe there's people who can join yesterday right? And be at a place where they're ungated. But I think a lot more of that is it's more challenging. And I think you probably are going to have to go the route of actually getting distribution from the company. And that's yeah, a lot harder. I think so. But I am, but actually it's not actually, I mean, there's plenty of companies and people share it all the time. You can just go to like Reezy Resales YouTube channel. Uh, there's plenty, they, they, they tell you what distributors you can buy from, get an invoice and you'll get ungated. Now, I personally think you got to be careful, like you said, because I I paid a thousand dollars one time for a bunch of CDs. I was ungated on CDs, and w- there was a CD gating apocalypse that happened like four years ago or something. I bought a thousand dollars in CDs. I thought it was going to be enough, and I didn't. They still didn't ungate me, and I I haven't had any bad metrics. I've been at close to hundred percent on everything uh, since day one. So, but again, if you are doing Amazon, just be careful. Just be careful. All right. Hey, uh, so this, I thought this was an interesting story and, and maybe this is something that a lot of you can do if you want. And I'm not trying to advertise for this company, but this was, I didn't know this existed. So, you know, I, for researching for the podcast, I Google a lot of stuff and I'm looking and I guess there's groups out there that will buy your PS fives or your Nintendo switches or wherever like the hot item is, and then they'll resell it. So you'll be able to sell it to them. So let's say you bought a PS5, I think for 500, they'll buy it from you instantly for 700 and then they'll flip it for a thousand. Right. And so, yeah, there's this company, Cash Out Kings here. Let me read it real quick. Struggling to buy a PS5, not these guys. They're snagging hundreds of them each day. You know, I still want to get one for my son and I refuse to pay the higher price. And I'm a reseller. A mysterious business called Cash Out Kings has been paying scalpers across North America, $700 or more for newly purchased PS5s and Xbox Series X consoles. The goal, resell them again for even higher price. The group receives uh, the group receives and sells roughly three to 400 video game consoles a day, according to uh, one of the owners of Cash Out Kings. Uh, and so like, and so they asked them, you know, tell us a little bit. So he says, when restocks happen, we usually receive one to 1,500 units that same week. And then we trickle down couple hundred a day after that. So they constantly have this. Now, this is what I thought was crazy. Uh, they they facilitate the buying. Casual Kings has pick up locations in major cities across the U.S., along with several warehouses to store the inventory. And so they are the ultimate retail arbitrage to be when it comes to PS5s. Yeah, I mean, it's a smart thing. They're kind of acting like as a, as a broker almost. They're, they're willing to be... They're willing to pay everyday shoppers to be middlemen, right? Because that's yeah. the thing is you can't necessarily go out and there could be limits on things. It reminds me, uh, years ago, I watched the Breaking Bad and they kind of discussed, uh, you know, getting the people making meth, right? Like there's an over-the-counter drug that we can get. I think it's, I think it's a, a in a common like are asthma we medicine. Have, are we going to get banned on YouTube right now? Yeah, I'm describing how to make drugs for real. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a, a over-the-counter like cold medicine that you can get. And it's one of the oh, yeah. ingredients needed in order to make like meth, right? 
So they have limits. Like you have to give your your ID. They scan it. You can all, as a household only buy so many. So they kind of described on on Breaking Bad that they had. I think they called them Smurfs, right? And there were people who would go, and every month they would get the limit, the total amount that they can pick, and then they would go and they'd give this to like the drug dealers who would basically be able to collect them enough to make what they needed. And they use these people as like the middlemen yeah, to do this. Thing. And yeah. that's what's happening here, is right? Like I can't necessarily go out and when there's a big drop and get to all these stores and do it. But if I can say Hey, I could sell these for a thousand. They they're in the store. They're five hundred. I'm willing to meet you halfway. I'll give you seven hundred to do it. And yeah, if you can get a couple hundred people to be doing this for you, basically doing your shopping, and they make a, a, a chunk of the profit, ooh, that's that's a great deal. Until eventually, there might come a point when they've got a warehouse full of these and the price drops, right? Like then they're going to be the one. But again, they're the one assuming the risk on this. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, it's kind of like you know. There's always an argument like, you know, people should, oh man, we're getting controversial. You know, people should be paid higher wages and, and look how much managers are being paid or look at how much a business owner is making. Why aren't they paying their employees more? Well, the reason is because that business owner is taking on all that risk. Yeah. Right. That's why they're able to make a lot more than the employee. The employee works, they clock out, they go home, they have no risk. Yeah. But if the company gets sued, the employee isn't, isn't putting their house up. To buy lawyer. Correct. Right? And like, that's why there's a stark difference, yeah. right? There, there needs to be that difference. And it's the same thing here. I, I thought there was a great point that was made here. Uh, it says uh, they're, you know, they're talking to people uh, that run the, the group. Let me read this out real quick. Uh, Cash Out Kings is but one of several groups that specialize in bulk buying from scalpers. <laughs> I hate that word. Uh, we found that at least four other groups on Twitter that also promised to buy up consoles in exchange for cash. So maybe this is something you might be at a you know, Walmart or Target, and you want to make some quick money and not listen on eBay, you can maybe just find one of these groups. Bing, bang, boom. So you can use our promo code. Pure, I'm shook. We don't have, we're not affiliated. So we are uh, starting a new thing here where if you want to send us your PS5, uh, we'll Pure Hustle Productions, a, we'll send you a thank you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we found at least four other groups, da, 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 uh, and apparently services have been in demand. This is what I thought was interesting. It comes down to time and risk for most of us who are, co uh, are copying 10 plus consoles a drop. According to one member of a uh, reselling group, if you sell these by one by one, it's going to take a lot of time. If you sell on eBay, scammers breed there and eBay offers little to no protection for sellers. If you're selling local in person, these can get dangerous. The reseller adds, Cash out services are emerging as a go to way to offload stock. I think that's a valid point, right? I mean, you know, I, I hate it. I hate selling these kind of like, I don't mind selling vintage pieces that cost several hundred dollars because there's no way really to scam me. Right. I mean, you couldn't like, you know, say there was a flaw or whatever, but when it comes to electronics, that's where there's a lot of scamming, especially when it comes to PS5. Well, that, and, and I think even just like revenge and hate bidding. Right. Like they're, yeah. they, I mean, how many times in the news recently has it been like praise that people have created like basically bots that are bidding up stuff like to hurt scalpers, right? Look at the scalpers who are selling, you know, these PS5s. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, or, or whatever new, like, uh, you know, video card that dropped, right, for computers. So this video card dropped. And so scalpers bought them all. And so what people are doing to get revenge is they're bidding up on them on auctions for $20,000, $30,000, $40,000. And then you got to wait until it sells for a ridiculous price. Oh, look, nobody ends up paying for this. They've got to relist it. As soon as they relist it, $30,000, $40,000. People are just like revenge bidding in order to hurt these scalpers. So yeah, I can definitely see this. Like That's one of the things that could happen. You're putting up a PS5 on eBay. People might be mad. 
you might be getting people who are buying it and never intending to pay. And you're constantly, but yeah, if you've got 10 of them and you, you can just drop them off at a location and get cash same day, that's definitely worth the, uh, the little bit you're losing of not having to deal with that potentially. Yeah, I agree. So anyways, maybe check it out. Don't know. I just, I thought it was an interesting story to bring on the podcast. All right. Hey, uh, so that is our, our random, not random story. They are kind of random, but our reselling topics, by the way, before we move forward, you know, we had mentioned this product before we have these things called skull shavers and they do amazing work and you can use the skull shaver anytime, whether it be you're getting ready in the morning, whether, you know, today when I was running late and I had to get the door for Mike so we can record the podcast, he saw me there. I was, I was trying to look all clean for the podcast, <laughs> whether it be, you know, you're on the road trying to get to the office. School Shaver is an awesome product. Mike and I use it all the time. Definitely worth it. So go to skullshaver.com and use our promo code pure and you'll be able to snag one of the school shavers and maybe gift a few for Christmas. So Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. What's your bolo? All right. Am I going first? You should All go right. first. Um, oh, this one's weird. I don't even know. I haven't even researched this enough to know for sure. But <laughs> since I've got a baby at home, right? One of the things that you've got to do when you have a baby is buy diapers. And diapers can get expensive. And one of the nice things is when you have a baby shower, people gift you a bunch of them. And so we've got a lot of different diapers. And we've got a brand we like. We like Honest Brand. Honest Brand is a, a brand we like. And we noticed that there has been a kind of a quality drop since my first child. And a lot of people have said this, like Honest has grown as a company. Maybe they some new stockholders. I think they became public. Different things happen. And so the formula, as it were, changes the way they make the diapers. And so one of the things that's really nice when it comes to diapers is a baby outgrows them. Sometimes people buy a lot. And I've noticed when I was on OfferUp, people are selling diapers, new boxes of diapers for sometimes like half the price of a box of diapers at a store, right? Because maybe they got a whole bunch of diapers, their kid grew out of them. What do they do with these? They've got, you know, three boxes of size three and now their kid is a four. And so you can actually pick up if you're sourcing right diapers from people locally of their kids growing out of them. And you can even exchange sometimes, sometimes uh, like targets will exchange brand for brand. But some brands actually have prints that are really popular. The print comes out, they have a limited run. Honest is one of those companies. Other companies have certain prints. And sometimes it's like a specific year. It's like this year, these diapers never blew out or they never, you know, they, they held pee better, whatever it is. And so there are certain diapers that people are looking for. And so if you can source them or you've got some left over, it might be something worth putting up on eBay. So there is a, uh, there's a market for vintage stuff diapers whether it be huggies it'd be whatever and we don't need to go all down the road of why people would buy these maybe for their kids or whatever but uh there is a market out there so yep. definitely look them up if you find them in stores uh i i've seen i you know there's some resellers i've seen that have picked up like i think it was like one was a I think it was, there's one in here too. It was, I think it was like a vintage uh, Disney Huggies and they sold it for, it was sealed and it was from like the nineties and it sold for good money. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe you're at garage sales. So yeah, there's the vintage, right? Like you might be, those might be, I think maybe a little more collectible. Someone's looking for something <laughs> that, yeah. but there, uh, there's also, like I said, it might just be a print. Like there was a really cute pineapple print that came out last year in the spring for honest or whatever, right? Like somebody really liked that one. They don't make that print anymore. And 
you might be able to source a bunch of them offer up or on Facebook Marketplace, somebody's kid outgrew their diapers. They've got a couple boxes left. You get them at half price and they sell for even more than they would sell for at a store because people are looking for certain prints. So you never know. Uh, just might be a niche to, to look into. Yeah. I, I personally never will never pick them up I, unless it's a lot of money, you know, but yeah, yeah I see. you know, money's money. No, I agree. I agree. All right. Hey, uh, so my bolo is, is look at tags. That's not my bolo. So there, there's two tags that are right now, I think are going to keep going up in price over time. One is, so there's, did you ever go to the Warner Brothers studio store or did they shut down by the huh. time you were a kid? I don't really remember them. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's a decade <laughs> difference, which there's a decade difference between Mike and I. So Warner's Brothers studio shirts. So if you find a tag, it's a black tag. It has a WB or it says Warner Brothers Studio Store. And usually those shirts are money, right? The the easy ones are the Space Jam shirts. I've picked those up for three or four bucks before and I've sold them for 80 plus. Sometimes they go for over a hundred, right? And it all depends, right? Whether it be Tweety Bird, whether it be, you know, a Taz, a huge Taz on there. Uh, if it says Warner Brothers Studio Store, it's definitely worth looking up. The other one is Disney Store. Now, Disney Store, there's a lot more around because Disney Store is still around. It's not like Warner Brothers that shut down a while back, but they're shutting down even more. So I've shared this on the podcast that a lot of them have shut down and they're now like a section of a Macy's store or they're just not available anymore. Or sometimes, you know, there are certain limited runs of certain items, whether it be plush, whether it be a toy, whether it be, you know, I don't know, pajamas. Uh, and so Disney store does bring in money. So if you're at the thrift, you know, and it says Disney store, it's worth a lookup. It may not be single stitch and like from the nineties, but maybe it's the early two thousands and it's still maybe money. So look for those two tags, Warner brothers, studio store or Disney store. So that is my bolo. Good stuff. All right. What are you looking forward to here? I'm really looking forward to learning about the diaper market. I think that's a niche oh that I'm going to do some research into. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just joking. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe let, let us know below. You have you, uh, have you flipped some diapers? Have you sold some uh, hardcore diapers? Are, are you, are, is that a market? And if I ruined like the secret niche, maybe that's what's happening right now. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I'm kind of looking forward to, we're recording this early, so they probably already dropped. Uh, but I've, been kind of thinking of some eBay tips and tricks some things that have been pretty useful for me. And I'm hoping to make some more shorts on those, some specific kind of usable tricks and tips that, that are very quick, 15 to 20 seconds. So if you're not subscribed to our YouTube, if you haven't moved over, maybe you're just listening to the podcast right now, go over, subscribe to our YouTube, watch some of our old content. We've got a lot of shorts up. We've got a lot of other stuff. The Monday minis, if you haven't been seeing our Monday minis, go check them out. Got a lot of Saturday videos. We've got some garage sale ride-alongs. We've got some haul videos. There's a ton of stuff over there. So I'm excited to make some more of those. And uh, and again, would love to have some of you who are just on the podcast side come on over, show some love to the YouTube side, watch a couple of our videos because uh, we got a huge community that listen, right? And I think there's a, a reason the long form content. It's nice when you're driving, listing all those things. Uh, but we'd love for you to come over and check out the YouTube side and see some of the content we're producing there. Hopefully you can take some, something from it there. And if you've taken value from our podcast at all, you'll probably find some value over on the YouTube side. So go over, subscribe. I know we ask every episode, but just, just trust me. Go over, subscribe, watch some of our content, give us some feedback, and you're going to enjoy it. And there's an awesome rap video there. Oh, yeah. We should start pushing that out again. I know I am tomorrow. I forgot. 
<laughs> I, I'm trying to every week. I'm trying to just do some kind of drop on our social media mm-hmm. about it. So, all right. Hey, uh, so I'm looking forward to just traveling. I mean, I've done already a little bit of traveling, but you know, I love it when I go to stores that no resellers have gone to, which does exist. Mm-hmm. There are certain parts in California and the following, you know, the surrounding states that, you know, maybe it takes a little bit longer to get there. Maybe it's, you know, people aren't thinking about this place and I've had some major scores. And so I'm looking forward to that. I do like just the, the random travel. I've mentioned that before, uh, but I'm looking to doing more of that. Uh, I, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, I wait all year for Q4 and I, I hope that this time takes forever. I hope that it feels like it's never going to end because when it ends, man, I get hit hard. But uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to more of it. I'm looking more to the treasure hunt. I'm looking. Hey, if you see me out there, just say hi. Uh, Don't worry if, you know, whatever is my car and is your car. We'll just keep it between you and me. And we're not going to share it with anybody else because it's retail arbitrage. But uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it more. You know, the the van's been good to me. Uh, And uh, I don't know how much longer I'll have the van. You know, it all depends if. I randomly come across a larger item that will sell well. That's the big thing. But uh, yeah, things have been good. So I'm looking forward to doing some more traveling. Yeah. So hopefully this episode, man, I feel like we shared a lot on this episode of all kinds of places, but all hopefully beneficial and help you all because we are in the midst of Q4 here and it's just going to get crazy. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Lates. Peace.